Welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast, conversations with today's top ministry leaders to help you lead better every day. And now podcasting from scenic Colorado Springs, Colorado, here's your host, Jason Day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Day, and I had a really insightful conversation this week with Tom Rayner. Uh, Tom is the president and CEO of LifeWay Christian Resources, which uh, most of you probably are well aware of LifeWay. It's one of the largest Christian resource companies in the world. Uh, Tom has served as a pastor and a researcher over the years. He's written more than 20 books, and he co-authored the number one bestseller, Simple Church, and I Am a Church Member. And uh, we're just super excited to have him with us, and we're talking about uh, his latest book, which is called Becoming a Welcoming Church. And on this week's podcast, Tom shares some insights on why there's oftentimes a disconnect uh, between what we in the church think of our friendliness factor and what those who come and visit our church might think. Uh, We also dig in a little bit to some practical tools, resources, and steps that you as a pastor or church leader can really implement this week to help your church be more welcoming to guests as they come through your doors. And so very excited for this. And let's go ahead and jump right into my conversation with Tom Rayner. Tom, I just want to welcome you to the Church Leaders Podcast. Thank you for making time to be with us. It is always my honor to be with you guys and uh, to talk about a subject that's pretty close to my heart and one that I've been working on a long time, uh, which is actually a reflection of the fact that I'm either experienced or very old. And my three sons would say the latter. (laughs) Well, uh, we know that the pastors and uh, church leaders and ministry leaders listening today, um, I'm excited because I really think they're going to pull some things from this that that they can apply immediately to their ministry context. So, um, you know, one thing is, uh, Tom, every pastor likes to think their church is friendly and is welcoming. Uh, but the truth is that many guests see it much differently. Why is it that there's this disconnect? It's an easy reason to begin to understand the disconnect. Uh, first of all, we do not look at ourselves in the mirror as as well as we should. And let me just give you a practical example or examples. Before I came to Lifeway, I did a lot of on-site consultations. I've done a few since I've been at Lifeway, but in, in total, about 500, and then a lot of them that have been uh, not necessarily on site, but a lot of other consultations. But focusing on those roughly 500 consultations, one part of the consultation process was asking this question, how would you rate yourself in friendliness? And these would be interviews with church members. And inevitably, in every church that we would ask that question, they would say, we are friendly. And some of them would even have the superlative and say, we are the friendliest church in town, even <laughs> if there were 50 or 60 others. Then on the flip side, we'd do a secret guest or a mystery guest or one or more or three or four who would come into the church as a first-time guest and then give us their assessment. There was always a disconnect. And most of the time, there was a broad disconnect. And so when the church members would ask us, why are they saying this? We're friendly. I would say, look at what the guest said. The guest said that this is a friendly church if you know each other. Mm. What they were referring to was what I sometimes without affection call the holy huddles. People who knew each other were talking to one another. People who had established relationships were relating to one another. But inevitably, in almost every one of these situations, the guest 
would walk by people who would hardly give them a glance, and if they did, would resume back to their relationship. So friendliness takes an overt effort, and even if you think you're friendly, you probably are not to the guest, and that is one of the reasons I wanted to write a little book called Becoming a Welcoming Church. It's because I wanted it to be just widely known to many church members that you may not be as friendly as you think you are. And if, if our research both on the field and objective research is any indication, then that is true across the, the spectrum. Churches aren't nearly as friendly as the guests say they are not. Right. And that that's important. And I think one of the things that um, is probably challenging for us to uh, kind of just have to get over, honestly, as pastors and ministry leaders is that, uh, the, the reality is, as friendly as we like to think we are, as welcoming as l- we like to think we are, the reality is that we probably aren't as much as we think, right? So we have to kind of first, as you stated, there's that disconnect. We have to kind of just don't deny it, accept it. Otherwise, yes. we can't really do anything about it, right? Or instead of just accepting it, do a secret guest process. Get someone to come in as a mystery guest. But many years ago, I served as a pastor in four different churches in four different states before I became uh, an educator and before I went to Lifeway. And one of the things that I did was every year I would bring on at least two mystery guests, uh, sometimes more. But one of those guests would be someone who was active in a church but had never been to our church. And another one would be someone who was not in church. And, of course, had never been to our church. And every single time I would take that report and then meet not only with staff but with key lay leaders. And it was always an eye-opening experience. But just as a parenthetical aside to that, many of the non-unchurched guests, who most of them were not believers, many of those unchurched guests started coming to our church regularly, and many of them became believers. So it became one of my primary outreach models. And so I started doing it every month so that I would invite an unchurched person and say, do this for us. And uh, we ended up seeing several of them have gospel conversations and even come to followers of Christ. But my point is, we did that survey on a regular basis in order so that we could see with our eyes wide open, what others thought of us from their perspective. I love that, Tom. I love that. It's a unique outreach opportunity, too. So mm-hmm. that's excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, so in your book, you um, dig in. You So you obviously have had lots of experience, have have conducted uh, many of these site visits, and then you you know have this study that you did on the kind of the friendly factor of local churches. Mm-hmm. And, and you surveyed the people who could provide the best insights. And that was, you know, as we said, not people who are already part of the church, but guests that were coming to the church. Yes. What were some of the the top reasons that people did not return to a particular church? If, if you're looking just for an overall overarching reason, it was that people did not reach out to them. But let's let's break this down into uh, different components. Good. Uh, th- think, think about what happens if someone says, I think we'll try this church whether they are active in another church, new to the community, or have been out of church for a long time or all the time. Let's think about the process, and let's begin to break it down. What is the first thing they do? They go online. Most people, unless they've had a direct recommendation about a church, they're going to go online. They may Google, or they may have passed by a church, and they say, I'm going to Google that church's site, uh, their name, and eventually they come to your church website. So here's here's one of the first things that uh, we need to understand. 
our website is now the front door. We used to say worship is the front door, but our website is now the front door. And so when you're talking about websites, you should actually be thinking from the guest perspective because guests tend to go to the website three times more than members do. Members don't go to our church websites that much. So if it's a guest-friendly website, what should it have? Well, first thing it should have is the time of the services. And by the way, please make sure it's the correct time. I have a few examples <laughs> where an old time was listed there and someone showed up at the wrong time. And it also should have the physical address of the church because they're going to put it in their GPS or they're going to ask Siri to, to get them to that particular address. So those are two must. There are a lot of other things we could say about the website, but I'm not going to let that dominate our conversation. So what happens next? Well, it comes time for the worship day, usually on a Sunday. And they or he or she drive up in the car, and the first thing they are in is the parking lot. So what is happening there? Is the signage good for where to park? Perhaps you need greeters out in the parking lot, in some cases even directing. I have pastored churches from sizes as uh, small as my first church of seven members to, to several hundred, even a few thousand. And every time we've had greeters in the parking lot. So that's what are you doing that happens there? Next thing. Well, they get out of their car. What happens next? They look for an entrance. Surprisingly, for many church leaders, they don't know that their entrance is not clearly marked. Sometimes they can follow the flow of people. Sometimes they cannot. So can they find the place where they go? Okay, what happens next? They then go into the physical facility of the church. Are they greeted at the door? Are they asked if uh, we can help you? Is it a truly friendly place or is it what I sometimes call a mechanically friendly? They're just going through the motions of what they're supposed to do. Is there a place that says something to the effect of welcome center or information center in case they need information and someone is there uh, manning that particular station? Is it clearly marked how to take the children to the preschool area? Then what happens? The adults go into the worship service. Are you greeted at the door? when you go into the worship center. Uh, once, and then here is where many churches miss it. The guest now sits down. Usually they are sitting down in the worship center before the members do. What are the members doing? They're in their holy huddles talking to one another in the foyer outside, and they will come in. They know when to come in at the usually last minute or even after the last minute. And so the guests are seated there many times by themselves. We have found this in our research, both on the field and objectively, we have found that this is the time when guests begin to form their second opinion. First opinion, well, let's call it third opinion. First opinion is the website. Second opinion is initially when they come onto the site. And then their third opinion is when they sit down. Is anyone talking to them as they sit down? Has someone decided to sit near them? Are they engaging them before the worship service begins? That, to me, is one of the most critically missed times when a guest comes into our church services. So much so that I advocate that you actually have worship center greeters, and their sole purpose is to be on the lookout for guests, and when they sit down, to engage them in conversation, and at many times, to sit with them during the worship service. That's a long answer to a short question, but I took you through the flow from the website to the beginning of the worship service, trying to highlight some of the critical issues that are right in front of our noses. Right. No, that, that's so good. And so as people were saying, we aren't going to go back to a particular church 
primarily is it because of they didn't feel that connectivity to you know real genuine connectivity that would be a reason mm -hmm. we must always acknowledge that there are other reasons uh sometimes many times it has to do with the preaching so preaching has to be a welcome factor as well some of the time many times it has to do with the music but if there is a consistent issue it is the relational issue. Did I connect with someone? And if you want to find the church that connects with someone more than others, I won't name a specific church, but I have several in mind. They actually have ministries in place where they invite guests, first-time guests, to lunch. And if that happens, the connectivity is huge. The relationship is built well beyond the physical facilities. It is done, of course, in an appropriate way by taking someone to a social setting outside the church, such as a restaurant. That's good. I love that. Absolutely love that. Now, some of the, the people that you surveyed obviously had good experiences at, at a church. What were their responses? What were the, the positive things that they said, man, yeah, I would like to return to this church um, what were some of the things that stood out? Flip side of a lot of what I just said, yeah. one of those things is the preaching was, was quality. The music was good. But once again, it comes back to, I really got into a good conversation with Mary, or I really got in a really good conversation with Jennifer or Jim or Mike. And it comes back to, did someone engage them in such a way that seemed genuine, true, and not artificial? They will remember those situations. Now, there are others. If you have children and you come into the worship service and the children don't seem to be going to a safe environment, or a clean environment, or a caring environment, immediately you have lost those parents. They may, right. not, they may even decide not to take them in there. But right. the flip side, if there's a secure check-in system, even if it takes them a little bit longer to uh, – to check in if there if there is a certainty that not just anybody can get in the preschool area if they look and at least with the, with the eyeball test it looks like okay it is really really clean and then if the if the people there are caring if you win the parents you've almost won the entire family coming back the next time because that is a huge factor for them so that is one of the reasons i say that uh, even if you are in a smaller church you can have clean facilities. You can have friendly people. And the cost of a good security system is so low today that no church has an excuse not to be without it, to, to use a double negative. Yeah, no, that's good. Now, uh, one of the interesting things that uh, I read in, in your book, Becoming a Welcoming Church, was that some people that um, were surveyed report that churches were too friendly. Can, yep. can you unpack that a little bit? Well, I'm going to unpack it because it would be— you're, you're talking to the classic introvert right now. I mean, if spiritual gift was an introvert, it would introversion. My, it would be my dominant spiritual gift. Let, let me let me tell you what happened. I, and I hope uh, one of our employees is is not listening to this, but probably someone will let them let them know about <laughs> it. it. But I'm not going to give a name. We have five thousand employees, so it could be anyone. There you our go. corporate our corporate headquarters is in Nashville, and I've been CEO of this organization for thirteen ish years, and. Everybody should know that I'm an introvert. Now, sometimes I have to be a functional extrovert just because positionally I cannot just go into a room and hide. But my natural inclination is introversion. So I'm on an elevator and another employee is on the elevator with me. At first, she does not recognize who I am. And then she looks over to the side and realizes 
that it's the president of the company. And she just, in a very appropriate way, hugs me on the elevator by myself. She obviously saw my body language, felt the tension within me. And, and uh, she said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm a hugger. And she said, oh, my goodness, you aren't, are you? <laughs> I should have thought about that. And uh, she's turning red, I'm turning red. And again, it wasn't inappropriate in any way, except the fact that as an introvert, it invaded my space. So keep in mind that I don't know what the percentages of introvert to extrovert are, and it's usually on a scale, but a significant number of people really like their personal space. And so you got to keep that in mind. Secondly, if everybody is saying, hello, how are you? Welcome to church. Glad you're here. And they hear that again and again and again with little emotion or little additional conversation, it can feel like overkill as well. So we can inundate a guest. Now, here, 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 here was the classic example, and I think I may have given this in the book. Uh, the classic example was a, a church that was dying for young people. I mean that both literally and figuratively. <laughs> It was it was really just declining, and they they just wanted young people in the church, and um, a millennial couple came in with their kids, and the the way the couple described it, we felt like vultures were looking at us. We actually have a young family here, and they 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 were they were captured by this older congregation. Can you come back? Can you do this? And everybody was just surrounding them. Uh, they they were desperate. So that is another example of overkill in those situations. I've given you three different examples that have three different meanings behind them. Right. That's that's good. Um, one of the things that you've mentioned a few times, and even um, in, in that conversation right there, was this idea of to truly be friendly, um, you need to be authentic. You talked about you know this mechanically friendly feel that that we don't want to give off that vibe. How do we help our, you know, hospitality team, you know, our first impressions team, those people who are kind of engaged in that, um, not just be kind of robotic? I mean, how do we make it natural? First thing you do is you recruit the right people. Not everybody belongs on a welcoming team. Right. In fact, there's some people that uh, I would not have on a welcoming team. So the first thing is to make sure you, as best you can, get people who are naturally gregarious, naturally friendly, and to some degree talkative. Any type of welcoming team also needs some type of training. You would think, okay, all we do is welcome. No, that is, that's not the case. One of the reasons I wrote Becoming a Welcoming Church was to provide in book form that type of training. So an ongoing quarterly uh, training update or if somebody becomes um, uh, part of the welcoming team, some type of some type of onboarding. But the simple essence of the welcoming team particularly uh, and of course, this would be any church member, but particularly the welcoming team, put yourself in their shoes. And what is it that you appreciate when someone engages you? Do you appreciate them saying, hey, how you doing? And then walking off? Or do you appreciate them? And these are obviously rhetorical, looking at you in the eye, asking you questions about yourself, uh, not being distracted by others, giving them the full attention in, in the training for a welcoming team or becoming a welcoming church, one of the things that we emphasize is ask the question, how do you like to be engaged? Because that's probably the way you should engage those guests. Yeah, that, make, that makes perfect sense. Um, now, we've, we've talked about a, a lot of kind of practical things, but I'm just imagining, you know, there's a pastor or probably many pastors listening in right now, and 
they're, they're sitting there thinking, you know what? We do need to, to take a look at how friendly we are. Maybe that's why our people aren't inviting others because, you know, there's not that friendliness factor. There's not that welcoming. What would you say, like this week, like what action steps would you recommend for a pastor to take and implement immediately? One of the first things that I would do right away is start praying for that ministry and for the opportunity. Sometimes we can get so incredibly methodological and programmatic in this that we can forget the power behind the program or the power behind the ministry. So one of the first things that uh, you should do is pray about it. Then, if you have not chosen some key people to be on a welcoming team, move forward in that direction with whatever way your polity says that you bring those type of groups together. So move in the direction of finding. Then, uh, once you have them together, provide immediate training. You can provide the training this week. Um, uh, my son is pastor of the church that I attend where I'm a member, and uh, we have what we call uh, huddle, uh, which happens 30 minutes before the worship service. And most of the volunteers come to the huddle, and he reminds us in that huddle, whether we're on the welcoming team, the children's ministry, or some other aspect of uh, the volunteer ministry at that moment, he reminds us, okay, folks, we got people here who may not know Christ who are coming in. We've got people here whose families may be on the brink. We've got people coming here who have a lot of questions that we don't even know what they're asking. Let's start acting like and asking the question, really, how would Jesus act in, in this? And let's look at it not as something that we go through the motions, but let us look at it as a ministry. A pastor or other leader can do everything I just said by next Sunday. Yes. And be, be totally ready for all of that. And, uh, of course, and, and you, you would naturally expect me to do, say this, <laughs> go buy lots of copies of Becoming a Welcoming Church and hand it out and get them telling them to read it right away. Right. And if you weren't going to say it, I was going to say it because, Tom, honestly, Becoming a Welcoming Church, this book is just a practical kind of guidebook on things that pastors probably aren't thinking about. And, you know, it brings the awareness, but then also um, you have discussion questions, so you can talk amongst your team. You know, th th this is a perfect kind of training manual, as you said. If you want to train your team to be more welcoming in your staff and your volunteers, uh, this works perfectly because, you know, there are different topics in the different chapters. There are discussion questions, so you can dig in and see how does this apply to our context? What are we doing right? What, what can we improve? Um, but the other thing that I loved about uh, the book is – that you have um, in there a very helpful church facility audit um, that, that you and your team can kind of go through and literally you, you just spell it out that they can walk through your entire yes. campus. And again, you're bringing to light things that um, we overlook because, I mean, it's our church. We're there week in, week out. If we're a pastor or on staff, we're there, you know, throughout the week as well. And, and we just miss things that, um, you know, there's there's a pile of stuff in the corner here that's been there for a while, and we don't even notice it just because it's been sitting there, whereas exactly. um, a guest would be like, wait, why is this cluttered? You know, those types of things. So uh, that that's super helpful. And then you also include um, a secret guest survey. So for people, as you were talking about that, you know, for pastors who are thinking, like, I don't even know where to start with that, um, you have a survey in there that you can have someone come in on a Sunday, be a guest, and give that to them and get their feedback and, and work off of that. So 
this book that you've put together, Becoming a Welcoming Church, for me as, as a pastor myself, I just see it as such an incredible resource and tool. So thank you for taking all of your experience and all those 500 churches of on-site visits and all of your study and all of your research that your team has done and making it into a very um, easy-to-use, accessible uh, resource to really help churches kind of step up their their friendliness factor. I, I absolutely you're, love it. You're, you're kind to say that. And since uh, you allowed me the shameless plug and then you helped me a little bit <laughs> uh, with the book, I do want to mention uh, this. Because we knew that this was a book that would be handed out to probably several people in the church. In fact, a lot of churches are doing it to as many members as possible one of the things that Lifeway did was make it available in quantity discounts of 20 or more at $5 a book. Oh, wow. So, so if you go to lifeway.com or if you go in a Lifeway store or, you know, any place where you can get these books, you can buy them by the box for um, a, a box of 20, then would be a hundred dollars. And so that, that comes to five. We really wanted to make this accessible. And then uh, I, I'll stop on the shameless plugs by saying, also go to tomrainer.com, T-H-O-M, rainer.com. And uh, we have a free toolkit that is available, which is 16 different types of survey tools that can be used in a variety of resources. So what I'm trying to do in the midst of all, all of this promotion that I'm giving is simply to say, we have a lot of free tools for you as well as the book, and you can go get them at any time at the site. Uh, and brother, that's one of the things I love about you and your ministry. You, your, your heart is to resource pastors and churches so they can be more effective in, in the kingdom mission. And you, you give away and provide so many things to pastors and churches that uh, it's, it's just a blessing to, uh, to, to have you on with us today on the Church Leaders Podcast. And, and I hope I didn't come across like I was doing an infomercial because I try to be careful <laughs> about that usually no, with a book. I think I was the one that was doing the infomercial, oh, but, but thank you. But it's a good, I mean, it's a great resource. I really encourage pastors to take advantage of that um, because it can make such a difference. And Tom, you and I together and, and all that we do here at Church Leaders, all that you guys do at Lifeway, it's, it's all about, you know, there are people that are far from God. And, um, you know, Jesus commanded us to make disciples. And to make disciples, we, we need to develop relationships and developing relationships. You you got to be welcoming and friendly so you can have those conversations and, and have those opportunities. So um, absolutely. absolutely love it. Thank you. Well, Tom, thank you for being with us on the podcast uh, this week. We certainly appreciate you making the time. Well, I really appreciate the ministry you guys have and all that you're doing. I, I like the fact that when I talk to someone of uh, same spirit and ilk uh, as you and your team, it's, it's really we're all in this together for the kingdom and for gospel's sake. And I just love those kind of strategic relationships and partnerships. So I'm honored to be on the podcast, but I want to thank you as well for your ministry. Amen. Thank you, Tom. I certainly appreciate it. God bless you, my friend. You too. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us on this week's episode. Every week as we are putting the episodes together, we're thinking of you, our pastors and ministry leaders, and striving to provide insightful and inspiring interviews as you seek to grow as a kingdom leader. So we hope you're finding value from the Church Leaders Podcast. And if so, we'd certainly appreciate you taking a few moments to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your positive reviews and ratings help other church leaders more easily find our podcasts so they too can benefit from these interviews. Again, we thank you in advance. And if you have any comments, any questions, suggestions, or ideas for guests, I would love to hear from you. You can send me an email to podcast at churchleaders.com or you can connect with me on Twitter. Finally, you can find this podcast as well as other great faith-based podcasts on the FaithPlay app. It's available 
for both Apple and Android. And so we encourage you to check that out as well. So until next time, this is Jason Day encouraging you to love well and lead well. You've been listening to the Church Leaders Podcast. For articles, videos, and free resources that will help you lead better every day, visit our website at churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening.